You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. Matthew chapter 1. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 1. I know we've been standing for a long time this morning. One more time, let's honor the Word and let's stand to our feet as we get into the Word of God. If you physically can't help, can't stand, then you're, you're fine. But if you can, let's honor the Word of God. Because it's Pentecostal church. You've you know, you got to build up them Pentecostal muscles. And you do that by standing up and sitting down 1,500 times. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, raising them arms, spiritual calisthenics, worshiping the Lord and everything else. So anyway. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, and she shall bring forth the son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying in verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us, O oh my Lord. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated what? God with us. Oh, one more time, you'll get in your spirit this morning. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. This morning, I'm going to preach on God with us. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you've already done around these altars. We thank you for what you've already done in worship. We thank you, Almighty God, for just the power of God that's been on display in this house already. And I pray in the name of Jesus this morning. And dear God, Lord, that your presence will speak encouragement to our hearts. That we may leave, dear God, recognizing that you are with us. And we will thank you for it and we will praise you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. amen. Turn around and give somebody a high five and say, Glory, it's good in here. This morning, I'm going to do my best to preach as fast as I can. But I just want to share this with you this morning, a topic that I believe is very topical this morning, because Christmas should be a celebration of hope, it should be a celebration of joy, it should be a celebration of love, it should be a celebration of goodwill toward others. 
You see it in all the Hallmark cards. You see the little nativity scene. You see the little angel. You see the little light from the star. And it looks all beautiful. And that is peace on earth, goodwill toward men. It's a beautiful thing. But brother and sister, unfortunately, this celebration of joy that we should have has somehow become disconnected from the thing that gives you joy. This celebration of hope has somehow become disconnected from the thing that gives you hope. The very thing that should be a celebration of love has somehow been disconnected from the thing that it truly expresses love. And brother and sister, the thing that should allow us to celebrate goodwill toward men has somehow been disconnected from the very holiday itself. Almost like we've tried to sanitize it clean. But brother and sister, let me share this with you. This celebration of Christmas over the joy of having joy in your heart is only because we have hope for a better life that is anchored in the love that Jesus Christ showed us, that love that He so richly showed us, that we can now show it to others as we deal with others. When you disconnect Jesus from Christmas, what you get is, is a figure in red and white that's, that's actually committing, you know, some kind of breaking and entering. Hallelujah. Whenever you get to a place that you disconnect Jesus from the holiday, what begins to happen, the very thing that gives it all of this powerful meaning, it completely sanitizes it from it. But brother and sister, understand something. There is a reason why that you can be able to say it is the most wonderful time of the year. You can be able to sing that song not because of all the trappings of a secular celebration, but because of one reason. Because we know what the true celebration about, and that celebration is Jesus Christ, His birth, and not just His birth, but what that means for us. Brother and sister, understands them. There is no nothing wonderful about fighting people at Walmart. There's nothing. There's nothing wonderful about tracking all over the mall trying to figure out what it is that your wife would like. There is nothing wonderful about that. There's nothing wonderful about getting feeling like that you have to race somebody just to get to the aisle that you're looking for. There's nothing wonderful about having a grandma beat you up with her push buggy or shopping cart. There is nothing wonderful about a buggy or a shopping cart being used as a deadly weapon. There is nothing wonderful about that. But understand this, my friend, brother and sister. Whenever you then began to realize something and you begin to connect Jesus and you begin to connect His birth, in with actually this celebration, all of a sudden you begin to realize something. Brother and sister, I should be able to enjoy this presence and I should be able to enjoy this time of season because of one reason. It's not in what I give, but it's in what He gave to me. Come on, somebody. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Now listen, brother and sister. 
Even though society may have tried to separate the meaning of the Christmas season from the actual Christmas season uh, today, that we are going to celebrate Christmas because Jesus loved us enough that He came to earth so that He could become God with us. We could celebrate why? Because Jesus became God with us. See, they celebrated the fact that God with us, Emmanuel, was with them. And recognize, this morning, we've been celebrating this morning. And it's okay to celebrate. Why? Because, brother and sister, it's scriptural to celebrate the birth of the Lord. Why do you say that? We know the story of Jesus. We know the story of Jesus' birth. We, uh, we know the story of how angels celebrated. We know the story of how shepherds celebrated. We know exactly all of the trappings that happened on that first Christmas, that first Christmas night. How that people celebrated, angels celebrated, cows celebrated probably. All kinds of folks celebrated because Jesus was born. But recognize this, after Jesus' birth, there was celebration like nobody's business. Understand what begins happening in Luke chapter 2. After Jesus' birth, and after his circumcision there on the, on the eighth day, there in the temple, there's a man by the name of Simeon that is introduced. He is a devout man of God. And, he has, and it has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would see the Messiah before his death. Now look what began to happen in Luke chapter 2. Verse 27. So he, Simeon, came by the Spirit. Now catch this. He was not even in the temple. And somehow... He was moved by the presence of the Lord to put him into position to see what the Lord had promised. Let me just share something with you, brother and sister. This is how God works. God works many times. Why does he call it a walk and a test of faith? It's because this many times he will promise you something. He will, you will see something in the word. It will bring hope to your life. You say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. The Lord reveals something to you. And many times, at the very moment when you least expect it, all of a sudden, God will begin to deal with you and put you in a position where you begin to recognize and have the confirmation of what He talked to you some time ago. This is what He did with Simeon. Simeon, I don't know how many years prior that this happened. I don't know if it happened the morning of. I don't know if it happened a month before, a year before, 10 years before, 20 years before, 40 years before. The only thing we know is this, he's old. Okay? Only we know he's old, and the only other thing that we know is this, that he was a devout individual. But the one thing we know was this, that when the moment came for his revelation, oh, Lord have mercy, because he was devout, and oh Jesus, because he was devout in his following the Lord, the Lord put him in the right place. 
Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord will put you in the right place and you just walk with them. I ain't got time to talk about it. I ain't got time to speak about it. But the Lord will put you in the right place if you will be faithful to the Lord. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought, that's Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms, he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart, as in die in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. My Lord, have mercy. And in verse 33 it says that, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Here comes Mary and Joseph walking in with the baby. They had done what they're supposed to. They sacrificed, they brought the baby before the Lord. They sacrificed before the Lord. They circumcised the child before the Lord. They had done everything they're supposed to. In that moment, all of a sudden, Simeon being led by the Spirit, like, whoa, get in there. Yes, Lord, I'm going, I'm going. And he turns the corner as Mary and Joseph are turning the corner, and the Spirit of God says something to him and says, that's the baby right there. That's what I was telling you, Simeon. That's the one right there. And Simeon grabs that baby and begins to dance around. Y'all forgive me, but my imagination sometimes gets the best of me. I'm just imagining this guy with a beard. He looks probably like somebody that should be on Duck Dynasty. Got a beard down to his belly button. He comes walking in, and he sees the salvation of the Lord, and he runs to the child, grabs the child, and Mary's like going, baby, 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 baby. And he's like, whoa, just a bucking and a dancing. Why? Because he is celebrating the fact that the Messiah has come to earth and God is with us. Hallelujah. That's a good time to say amen. Look at your neighbor and say amen. Catch this. After Simeon's declaration and celebration, all of a sudden, this prophetess shows up. Her name is Anna. And she had her chance to celebrate too. My Lord, have mercy. Look at verse 37. And this woman, speaking of Anna, was a widow from, for about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers Night and day. Brother Sam, I'm here to tell you something. You want to have a revelation from God? Then, honey, stay in the presence of the Lord. You want to have a revelation of God? You start praying. You start fasting. You start seeking God. Honey, you're going to see things, brother and sister. Understand, that's what we're going to do in January, honey. We're going to seek God. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. Why? Because we want to see God's anointing and God's touch on our life. And we want to see God with us. Listen to this in verse 38. In coming in, once again, in that instant, it happened with Simeon, now it happens again with the prophetess Anna. That in the moment, that had been a moment later, she would have missed it. But God always brings you the point of revelation just in time. 
I ain't got time to talk about it because I could, but I'm not. We'll talk about it later. Understand, brother and sister, at that moment of revelation, in that instance, what did she do? She gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all who looked for redemption in, in Jerusalem. Brother and sister, immediately when she saw the child and saw Simeon going, Hallelujah! 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 Just a buck in that baby and that baby going, Yee, 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 glory! You ever wondered what Jesus' first words were? Mary wakes up and her nose is running and Jesus reaches up his little baby and goes, Heal. Yeah. You ever thought about it? Yeah. Yeah. Was baby Jesus' first words Mary or was it Yahweh? Because that was his father. God Almighty. Fully God, fully man. You ever thought about it? Think about it. You can tell me later. Hallelujah. We'll preach about that maybe next Sunday or, or some other time. Understand something. We come to a position we don't know, but I can just imagine little baby Jesus just going, Simeon dancing around. Mary's like going, my baby. Joe's like going, what is this dude doing? And Simeon, wow, glory. And that baby going, ah. And Anna sees this, begins to celebrate too. Why? Because God had been dealing with her as well. Brother and sister, understand something. It's okay to celebrate. Why? Because God is with us. And if you are in need of a touch, God has been with us and is with us. Hallelujah. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You see, they celebrated because they understood that everything was possible because God with us or Emmanuel was with them. As Jesus grew, He was constantly amazing people. From His interaction with the Jewish leaders when He was 12 years old in Luke chapter 2. From the Almighty God's broadcast that Jesus was His only begotten Son at the very river banks of the Jordan River in Luke chapter 3. From Jesus casting out a demon with the very Word in Luke chapter 4. From the healing of the leper in Luke chapter 5. From the teaching like the Beatitudes in Luke chapter 6 and following. From the healing of a sick daughter with the Word from distance in Luke chapter 7. From the raising of a son of a widow from the dead in Luke chapter 7. From the wind and the waves obeying Jesus in Luke chapter 8. From the feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes in Luke chapter 9. From the blind man that's healed in Luke 18. And from other actions and words. Brother and sister, people believe that anything was possible because God was with them. Anything is possible when God is with us. When Emmanuel is there, God with us is there. Anything is possible. They celebrated this fact. They worshipped at His feet. They celebrated His word. They celebrated His action. Why? Because, honey, you can't help at times to celebrate when Jesus is around doing crazy stuff. Let me just share you something though. 
There came a time after three and a half years of Jesus' earthly ministry, at 33 and a half years old, Jesus' ministry was complete. He had been crucified on a cross. He had given His very blood for your salvation. Why? Because they were still operating under the law. What did the law have to have? Blood to cover sin. And Jesus said, even in, in John chapter 1, what happens whenever Jesus shows up? John says this, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Even in a position, whenever John saw Jesus, he said this, this is the sacrifice. He's going to be the sacrifice for our sins. And this is the reason why that we live now in an age of grace. Why? Because Jesus died on a cross for a sacrifice for our sins. He was the perfect sacrifice. So nobody else has to sacrifice anything else. Why? Because we can now apply His sacrifice to our life. And we can be saved. Now realize this, brother and sister. As Jesus died, was put into a grave, He rose from the dead. And when He rose from the dead, He met His disciples. And as He is getting ready to ascend up into heaven, Jesus gave these instructions. These instructions that we all need to understand even today. In Matthew chapter 28, look at verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, very familiar passage of scripture, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Now catch this. This is the empowering statement right here in the, what we call the Great Commission because he says this, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always. Brother and sister, let me just share this with you. In a moment where Jesus says, I want you now to spread the gospel that I, the, what I have done, I also want you to know that just as I came as Emmanuel, God with us, even though I may have ascended up into heaven, I want you to know this, disciples, and I want you to know this, Rose of Sharon, here in 2016, brother and sister, that Jesus said that He is still God with us. See, brother and sister, the same God that did the amazing, the same Lord that did the amazing feats that we talked about, the same Lord that worked miracles, the same Word, the Lord that had the Word that be able to touch hearts and convict lives and change lives, He is still the same Lord. Because, brother and sister, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 states this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He was God with us then, He is still God with us now. If He still worked miracles then, He still works miracles now. Brother and sister, He is God with us. Brother and sister, this is the reason why that we can be able to say 
in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. God with us. Emmanuel. He is God with us. And this morning, brother and sister, he is still Emmanuel. He is still in the business of touching lives. He is still in the business of doing something awesome in your life. He is still in the business of healing the sick. He's still in the business of touching your marriage. He's still in the business of changing your family. He's still in the business of calling lost ones to Him. He's still in the business of convicting. He's still in the business of working things out. He's still in the business, brother and sister. Why? Because He is God with us. Stand your feet across this building and give God a praise offering. Lift your hands and say thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, we praise you. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Come on and give Him praise in this house this morning. Come on and love Him in this house.